Hey, the Loose Cannon Show with Jar Jar Jeremy is now a part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. You can go there and listen to other great podcasts such as Throwdown Thursday, Super Retro Throwback Reviews, and That Strange Show. But first, listen to this episode of the Loose Cannon Show with Jar Jar Jeremy, because that's what's most important. What's up? This is Javon O. Stokes. I am the creator of Heat, the comic book, brand new superhero from Visually Stoked Media. I'm here at Terrificon. I'm having an amazing time. I want to thank Mitch for the uh, opportunity. Been having a great time. Did better than last year. And I'm here with my guy, Jar Jar Jeremy from the Loose Cannon Show. Take care, everyone. Loose Cannon. Jar Jar Jeremy. Welcome to the next newest episode of the Loose Cannon Show with Jar Jar Jeremy, now found on the Dorkening Podcast Network at dorkening.com. Oh, you're dorkening. Yeah, and that other voice you just heard right there was the infamous Joe Street Pierre, also known as Joe St. Pierre. Joe, welcome to the show. The man who doesn't own a computer or a microphone at home, so I can only do this at cons with. Hi. Not important. Not important. All I need is a pencil and paper. Exactly. If How you are you? If you want to talk Joe? to me, you'll find me. Exactly. How are you, Joe? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? It's I'm great to see you. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, it is? Is it? Jeremiah. 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 Okay. Jermai, Jermai, I think. You know, I, I consider you one of my closest friends. Yeah, yes. so. <laughs> where, where do I live? <laughs> I love that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. In the background, you'll hear uh, Mr. Estelaz. Also known as uh, Tim Estelos. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was closer that time. I'm getting really, really or, close to that name. Or as my computer says, Esteban. Esteban. There you go, Esteban. Your computer threw in, like, extra letters on I that I threw one. my computer Anyways, out Anyways, Joe, would you, you mean Joe were at Terrific <laughs> And Joe's an artist. You might have heard of him a few times once in a while. He does this great comic called The New Zodiacs, as well as he's been... a in a million different Marvel, DC, uh, Valiant, IDW, did we do IDW? IDW, IDW. I IDW. Dark Horse. Boom. Boom. I, Dark Horse. I mean, I he, do, he, he's, he's whored himself out to all the, the right. top top uh, dollar people. That's right. Got paid rates sometimes, right? Paid sometimes. Rate? Yeah, if paid I'm lucky, rate. I get that, paid, that, too. That, yeah. that, that's good stuff. It's always right good there. when they send you paychecks. That is. All right, Joe, uh, we've talked a million times. On this show, it's our first time. It's the first time so on the So I'm cannon. going to give you, a f- my, my audience, a full Joe St. Pierre exclusive. Okay. Joe, bring us back to where it all started. How did Joe, little Joey, little Joey Joe from down the street, how did he decide? Well, first, how did you start drawing? Like, was it natural or did you have to, like, get good at this? Or well, I had I mean, a brain transplant. That was, was that's probably the best old. way to do it. <laughs> that helps. And I was, my, like, I was shit, actually I can't like, draw. kill some guy who can draw and stick his brain. Now, did in you my get head. the whole brain or just parts of the brain? Like, well, yeah, well, <laughs> you know what is it? The hypothalamus is for emotions, so oh, you don't see, need I d- that. I don't right? know all the parts. You're, you just you're really need the parts that have the skill. So. That's fantastic. So I, you know, if you did a brain scan, it looks like a pizza slice. You know, one slice is pepperoni and the rest is mushroom. That's what we. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's oh what yeah. my brain looks like. You understand? Fantastic. <laughs> So at five years old, you pick get up some with crayons. The, get with the program, buddy. <laughs> you don't All know right, anything Joe. about brain surgery, do you? I don't. I, I've just learned a, the little bit that I learned was today on my ride in. So. I think we're done here on Loose Cannon. Time to go. This is the first <laughs> interview that's only made it five minutes. <laughs> you know, this. You know, normally, Joe, I can stay focused for longer than this. <laughs> I really keep like a list and I go down and I'm just like blah, blah, blah. It's the, but ADD, really, Joe. the ADD brothers in action. So Joe, really, was it five years old? 
Uh, it may have been and was earlier. It comic books? may have been earlier, and it was comic books. It, it was, was comic oh books. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marvel DC? Yes, all of the above. And it was it uh, your parents pushed, or parents were like, where'd you get that crap? Yeah, well, I it probably, I mean, it, I have photos of me as young as four years old, like proudly really? holding up Justice League comics and stuff like that. You so had good parents. I, uh, nice. I have uh, a guess that it might have been uh, grandma, one of my grandmothers. No who kidding. used to bring kind of things, treats like that when she would come to visit the house. I just got candy. You just got candy? Yeah, lots yeah. of bubble Your grandmother issues. grandmother sucks, man. For real? Well, she's dead now, Joe. Well, Thanks. there you go. She deserved <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Grandma. You hear that? You deserved it. <laughs> next time, bring comics in the next life. So as you're drawing and you get into these comics, let's say Joe's now in his teenage years. Is Joe drawing for all the neighborhood kids? Is Joe making his own little uh, yeah. comic book? Yeah, even younger. I had I used to uh, draw my own comics, and again, it wasn't just ooh, I like to draw pictures. Mm. I was somehow enamored with telling a story with pictures, comic books. So as young as five or six, you know, I have uh, I still have comics that I made when I was like in first grade. Uh, I made when I was ten years old. I decided I'm going to start my own comic book company. And uh, I... You started Image. I started Image <laughs> Comics. And, uh, and history was made. It but, was, it was. No, I just had two pieces of paper on a coffee... Uh, my parents' living room coffee table. I had a pencil. I started going. I created a whole line of comics right there on the spot. And I must have about 100 comics that I made around between the ages of 10 and 12, 12, 13. All right, so that brings me to the question, why does it take so long for you indie guys to put out comics <laughs> if you had 100 by the, you know, like, come on, Joe. Well, back then, the pa the comics were 10 pages. They were this big, about six by eight. Oh, you were doing the, the He-Man Minis. Yes, that was exactly. And uh, there was a hell of a lot less going on, you know, detail-wise. Oh, oh, backgrounds weren't as uh, flirt, exactly. fleshed out exactly. and Exactly. Stories weren't as complicated. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of punching. You yeah, know. yeah, more of just like, civilian. you're the bad guy. I'm yeah, civilian guy. guy. Bad guy shows up. Civilian guy tears his clothes off. He remembers his What's costume your best, fight. best story for powers getting at that age? Like, did you do origins like that? Did you have any guys that I were did. Like, I had one guy, his name was Super Goof, and he was, I forgot how he got his powers. stole my life story? What the <laughs> hell is going on? I forgot his, <laughs> I forgot how he got his powers, but his ability was, he was essentially like Superman, in vulnerability, he could fly, super strength. But every, once a day, he would screw up. See? <laughs> I, I envy guys like you because, like, you guys have like artistic ability. I, I have yeah. all these wonderful thoughts. I can't put words into sentences, and I can't draw for the lick of me. I love music. Cannot sing. Cannot play an instrument. Can play the radio like a madman, though. Um, and it, it, you guys get this great ability once you start building your art you get to like pour it out and throw it out to people and it's got to feel good to like have these ideas and be able to like hey look this is my idea it may not be great but there it is uh you make it sound very magical it is magical you make billions of dollars where's the ferrari <laughs> yeah, where is it uh, I should be drawing I, counterfeit $100 bills. That's yes, I, I know from here you go to the Virgin Islands. Yes, and, uh, exactly. Your own private island after that. But I would like to, <laughs> if I can, get a little bit serious on the oh. show. I would like to dismiss that magical sensibility. Because oh. like I said, I've been drawing comics since I was five years old. And if you do anything since you were five years old, you'll be good at it. That's and if you're not, I don't. You're not paying attention somewhere. Yeah, my right arm is, is strong. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. You got ten thousand hours with yeah, your right well. arm. You're gonna be See, pretty I, good at I, it. I, I've always just and been pretty the disappointed funny... by your partners. Yeah. Oh, oh, damn, damn. We went there. <laughs> Well, I, I've just always had the gift of gabbing, like like to chit chat with people. I actually really like to find out about other people's mm -hmm. stuff. 
Right. It's really kind of cool. And that's your gift because I can't yeah, do that. Yeah, but that doesn't do anything for anything. It's <laughs> just like, I got a hobby. <laughs> you may be able to turn that into Actually, my other hobby is actually really good. Though. Your, your other hobby? You're probably very I'm good really, at that. I'm really good at that. Yeah, well, check really. out your Instagram feed. Yeah. I can By the way, Joe does not that. indulge people. He may look like he's one of us. Okay. He's not one of us. He's still part of our friend circle, though. We can keep him in the circle. Like, cool. you, you just skip him when you're passing the joint or there you something. Go. Uh, there you go. Anyways. That's how it goes. All right, so teenage years. Uh, we're getting up to how do you actually do you go to cons and like bring people like because back then cons were more like that you you brought people your your catalog of like drawings and stuff did you do that or did you send it off to like Marvel DC Valiant or well yeah. even were, were Valiant and in, in, uh, stuff like that even no, created no, no, when no. you were no 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 I was a uh, huge Spider-Man fan uh, I was bent on drawing Spider-Man for that a living. That must have been awesome then to get that. At a very young age, and I th may have told you this on a I don't know. another conversation, but I got my first rejection letter from Marvel Comics when I was 10 years old. Damn, they're harsh, right? Yeah, they're rough, like, we don't they're care tough on me. <laughs> so when I was 10 years old, I'm like, yeah, I can draw Spider-Man, no problem. So I sent them a bunch of my pictures, folded it up in an envelope, and sent it off to Marvel Comics, and I have my life planned out. Nice. And then I got this rejection letter. It was actually handwritten. No uh, In red ink on Marvel stationery. I still have it. Uh, and it was basically like, you're not quite there yet, but keep working on it. And I was like, well, dude, that time heartbroken. I was heartbroken. Like, really? Hey, at 10, man, you were heartbroken got, with that? I got plans uh, here, man. I got, <laughs> what the hell? At What's 10, I would have been here, ecstatic son? to hear you're, you're not quite there yet. Like, I'm like, really? Oh, no. So I'm getting no. there, huh? The I'm only getting thing there. that would make me la uh, happy would well, be, okay, here's a script for Spider Man. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Or however they did it. I, I'm not sure I knew how they did it back in the day. So, so I did not get that call when I was 10, but I just didn't give up. Not at 10. All right. So when did that call come in? Well, the call came, uh, well, over through the years I went to college. I went to art school two years at Pratt and two years at uh, School of Visual Arts. I uh, went to School of Visual Arts and I had uh, Joe Orlando and Will Eisner as a teacher, you know, Will yeah, Eisner. Yeah, I know that a, Eisner guy and Mr. Name Dropper. Comic book <laughs> pioneer, the Jimi Hendrix of comics. Uh, he's a giant in the field. I hear he gives out awards. Uh, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, so from there I just kept um, producing samples and sending them in over diff uh, various periods of time I'd get six or seven pages together and back then you would copy the pages mm -hmm. I was kind of focused on being a penciler storyteller kind and I would Xerox the pencils send them in these manila envelopes into Marvel and DC and whoever was publishing at the time and just collect rejection letters. And were you just doing the, the their characters, or were you doing any of your yeah. own? Yeah, I think it would vary occasionally, you know. Um, but most of the time, I was uh, I was looking at say uh, I had a lot of Marvel graphic novels, not graphic novels, but they were actually Marvel novels, like yeah, prose. Yeah. Back in the day, the Silver Marvel. Sur I have this one of the Silver Surfer ones oh, that you actually cool. read. No pictures. Yeah, no people pictures. People are like, huh? Yeah, like, so yeah it's a comic, but not comic. Yeah, <laughs> there was one with uh, Spider-Man, Mayhem in Manhattan, written by Marv Wolfman and uh, um, Hulk. And mm -hmm. I had chosen one by Captain America. I adapted probably half the book You took as the samples. most boring comic character in the Excuse world Excuse me? me. I, I don't... Excuse me? My son loves him. I don't understand it. I'm like, he he's a souped-up army dude. I'm like, cool. I'm like, but uh, he can't fly. Mm, I'm like, uh, he, I mean, I don't know enough of him. He probably yeah. has a lot more. I definitely yeah, haven't read, read any. Captain America. Well, books. yeah, that might happen. Yeah, I did actually <laughs> read uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, they did one of the Marvel um, remakes, like the one that you were trying to pawn. Oh, you did pawn it off on me because it has the the. <laughs> the never mind. It has a carnage. I got something for free. Did somebody come and ask you to do this, and then they never came and paid? No, it's it's damaged. I don't think I could sell it. So. Oh. 
Did you hear that, folks? It, it's damn. So that's cool. You, that, that's, I, I, you, I didn't even notice. I gave you a comic book that has no value, so congratulations. <laughs> oh, fuck, now I'm throwing this one. I mean, anyways, where was I going with you that? You know what you do? You take uh, one of those blades, you know, to pull down. What do you call those blades? Oh, the, you pull the, down the, and... Use seven at school to cut the paper and Yeah, stuff. paper the, cutter like, kind of things. Yeah, you and just like, cut the bottom inch and a half Amazing, nobody ever lost their arm in school. Isn't it for real? Like we were dangerous. Like you, I don't think. And you weren't you always tempted to like oh, do it? Stick your, like, fingers stick your fingers in, in, in and because like that thing cuts clean. It was just like you wouldn't and even it, feel. Oh, it. well, I wouldn't because it wouldn't be my fingers. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that stupid. I watched the Tarantino films. They're like. He's like, yeah, I bet you I can flick my Zippo ten times and it'll light every time. The first time it doesn't light and boom, there goes his thumb. I was like, yeah, I've seen that show. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right, so still getting rejections. And then eventually, I mean, just not giving up. Who who, who gave the, the, the go-ahead? Who was like, hey, Joe, this one finally looks good. You well, finally one, did something yeah, right. Yeah, one step before, I'll say I started to get handwritten notes on top of the form letters. Uh-huh. I'd be like... That's cool. Like, I remember a handwritten note from Dick Giordano, who was an editor at DC. And he was like, you're getting close. Work on this, work on that. Yeah. <laughs> I get a note from somebody at Marvel. I'm going blank at the moment who it was. Or you're getting close. Uh, I got a job offer from a really small, two job offers from really small, independent mm-hmm. uh, comic publishers. One was, I think they were called Revolutionary. They used to do uh, biographies of rock bands. Oh, you remember I, them? I used to have the Guns N' Roses ones yes, and yeah, all those. Yes, yes. Ro- yes. So I remember. I do remember those. And yeah, Madonna, actually. Too. Oh, really? Madonna? Oh, good. Don't ask. Okay. <laughs> Weird stuff there. Okay. Okay, so Madonna's Revolutionary Taps Joe Street Pierre. Well, I remember sending them like kiss samples, and they were like, oh, your kiss samples are great. Can you draw Rush? And I'm like, not really. Well, how do you draw, draw Rush? <laughs> yes. Like, that was I my mean, thing. I understand, like, you know, you can do that, but like, like Kiss is one thing; they're superheroes. Yeah, and they like, were already in comics. Yeah, like comics Rush. You're point. like you're drawing dudes with long curly hair. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So not too long after that offer, I didn't follow up on the the Rush comic. Oh. But not too long after that, I sent out a bunch of samples. Look at on a Monday. Selective. On a Monday, it's just a matter of what I think I could do. That well. that's kind of. Uh, a good uh what's like view of yourself you knew that it wasn't the right fit for you and though like maybe thirsty to get in there you're like that's probably not my best well i'd say maybe three weeks later i you know it's been a long time so i'm maybe time uh, compressing time or remember wrong. but i'm gonna thing. say that a short period after that i had sent out another group of samples on a monday and a when on wednesday that wednesday two days later i got a call from don perlin who was at Valiant Comics at the time, and he offered me Rye. Nice. So you take Rye, you know. I was reading Valiant Did Comics you know much at the on time. Rye? Oh, so you... uh, yeah, Rye, I don't think Rye was, maybe uh, Rye was in the flip book. They were publishing Magnus mm-hmm. and Solar. There was nothing else out at the time. Okay. I was so impressed by those books that I sent samples in and I, I think you know. I have an ash can of the Magnus. Really? Yeah, you should buy, like, you should chase down Magnus Zero Oh, I probably four. have the whole thing because uh, when I used to buy out collections, I, dude, I really have uh, 40 some odd boxes left of books that I need to get rid of. Oh, A really? lot of indie, which oddly enough, because of these crazy movies, those books that I couldn't sell for quarters Some of these are, are now money. going for 10 to $20. I'm like... Good investment. Uh, I, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I paid pennies on the dollars for these. I've made so much my money back on, on all the collections I bought out. Like, it, got, it just became such so tedious trying to sell all the stuff that I eventually just was like, it wasn't fun anymore. Like, I, you'd sell off all the keys and stuff, and those buy out I real know. quick, and we pay for the collections times over. yeah. And then, yeah, I was sitting there. My, my wife is not happy about it. Like, for real, in our bedroom, 30 long boxes. In your bedroom? In my bedroom, in the middle of the floor. And then in my upstairs bathroom, 14 short boxes. In your bedroom? Bathroom? Ooh, is that a good idea, though? 
Uh, we don't use that one. Uh, okay. Long, <laughs> long time ago when we first bought the house, plumbing went. <laughs> and that bathroom's kind of just a novelty. I okay. use it to pee in. Storage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it really is storage right now. I also okay. keep my uh, my other hobby uh, supplies up there. Oh, there you go. Yeah, away from the rest of the household. Bathrooms have other uses. They see? do, they do. <laughs> All right, so you get your okay letter from Valiant. They're like, hey, man, we got Rye, this character Rye. You're put on the main book. Yeah. Uh, what issue did you come in at? First issue. The first, first issue of the regular title. Who Who's the, the, the creator of Rye? I don't know the... That's a good question. Oh, that's... <laughs> I only draw these things, man. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't me, in other words. Uh, I'm guessing and it this was is Shooter before Future and Force. Nichols. But I think that David Lapham drew the first appearance of Rye okay. in comics. In the flips. I could be wrong about that. In the okay. flip books. And so do you give creator credit to the guy who draws the first appearance of a character, even though he or she may not have designed that character? See, I'm actually, uh, with giving the, the, the credit to whoever designs and gives story, like an origin, like... Uh, I almost give Paul Kupperberg uh, credit for He-Man because before he wrote those comics, He-Man's backstory was not there. It, it, there was no origin. And I'm, I, I, I actually, uh, a little bit BS, I got to watch the screener. Uh, sorry, Joe, to no, go no, into no, Paul Kupperberg. No. But um, I got a screener of the definitive, uh, uh, definitive history of Masters of the Universe. Cool. Paul Kupperberg writes DC 47, He-Man's first appearance in comics, and then Masters of the Universe 1 through 3. He-Man's origin, his origin to this date. Like, uh, it's changed slightly, but it's basically Paul Kupperberg's writing. They, he's not in this story. And like, I'm, I had interviewed him last weekend, and I watched the, the movie earlier this week. And I was sitting there waiting to see Coverbird because I'm like, oh, I just interviewed him. He's got to be in this. And I'm like, what the frack of dude? It. Not in it. I asked him. He's like, they've done like three or four documentaries on this, and they've yet to ask me once to be in it. I'm well, like, that would be, that's uh, kind of BS. That would be typical BS, the way yeah, comic like, creators are treated. Yeah, I feel that way a lot, especially right now within the world of TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Lifefield, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he, he's losing out on one of the characters he created right now because of some crazy, shady deals that happened back in the 90s. I don't know the whole story, but this is... I'm not even a fan of the guy, but I'm like, this is one of his creations it you're does, taking away. It does sound like a little bit of a different call with Rob. Yeah. Because Rob had ownership, proper yes. ownership of the characters and then made and a business yes, deal that exactly. may not have gone right. I'm exactly. talking about somebody who flat out contributes to the... And gets no to credit. To the pop culture influence that people have and don't even get any no, recognition. Not a word about them. I, I, like, that's just not they, right. they were mentioning people like Bruce Tim about the mini-comics, Tim Sale, like all these guys. I was like, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, not word, one word on the guy that actually gave He-Man the... Like, they talked about the comics. They talked about DC Presents 47. They talked about Mesh's one, and they even the said creators. how it became the origin yeah. of He-Man, how they didn't have a story before that. Like, the mini-comics had little stories, but none of them were cohesive. They were just stories, just yeah. thrown out there. Yep, yep. That's and not cool. I, no, not at all. I was just like, I'm kind of disappointed about this. Yeah, that's not cool. All right, so back to Joe. So it's up to you now as Oh, I'm, the, I make everybody now, known about with it. with your I, podcast. I, I'm, I'm a big, uh, my mouth, once I learn stuff, I have a hard time letting go of stuff. So Where I'll is your interview with Alan Kupperberg? Uh, Paul. Paul Kupperberg, Alan's sorry. passed away. I can't Pardon. do that one anymore. I apologize, <laughs> Alan uh, and Paul. Well, actually, uh, ignorance. me and Paul talked for about 40 minutes the worst microphone in the world Paul owns. Paul's an older gentleman, born in 1955. Mm-hmm. Um, 
not on the highest tech. He has tech, unlike some Mr. St. Pierre, but um, it kept cutting out so Sorry, bad. It came so in the mail for you, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it, the, his mic kept cutting out so bad. There was like a five-minute period where I couldn't hear him talking at all. There, and then there was another five-minute period when I finally was like, "Look, this isn't working." Where he couldn't hear me. So we are gonna try on Sunday to do it here. Um, oh, here. Yes. Yeah. I, geez, uh, I can't wait to listen to that. I would actually. Oh, love to yeah. Sit I in actually on talked that. to him about that yesterday. I went up to him. I was like, "Did you?" And he's like, "That's where I have found out." He's like, "Yeah, all four of them. I've not been mentioned." I'm like, "What the? What's the deal with? That? Like, I just don't understand it." it but back matter. to Joe. Yeah. Joe St. Pierre, the creator, well, not the creator, but the artist of Rye Number One. Uh, and went into f Rye in the Future Force, right? Yes. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, what other uh, titles did you do over at Valiant? Because I know Rye wasn't the only thing, right? Right. I did um, Shadow Man fill in. Okay. That, that was my first writing gig as a oh, writer. Oh, no kidding. Yep. What is, I have those two. What issues? Shadow Man 9. It was a fill-in issue. Oh, Shadow that. Man was a rough bucket. Never had a regular team. That was, no? No. Uh, very sporadically did it have? Was the Bob story Hall still, like, on. cohesive? Like, did it still follow as, along, like, any kind of mythology? Not as well as it could have been. Mythology? That way. Yeah, I mean, I would say short answer, yes. But it could have been stronger with uh, mm. more focused group of people don't you think mm, yeah well of I would course say that I mean about any new character I say would you have to at least I'd say the first 25 issues should be like should be the same team like it's my biggest problem with when a, a team changes out even like just the artist it, it takes away from the story because you, you you're expecting one thing and all of a sudden you're like oh, this is different like something's changed here and it's kind of like you know once you have a good solid story going for a while and you've maybe filled a few arcs and you're like all right i've got this character down i know what to expect of course the character is going to get new teams every now and again it's good to breathe that extra life into them but you sh they need a little bit of time and if you look at the, some of the most influential comics i love to talk about this i don't know if you knew that or not but if you look at some of the most influential comics runs, let's say the first uh, the first run with Stan Lee and Steve Ditko on Amazing Spider-Man, mm. uh, Byrne, Claremont Byrne, Austin on X-Men, Frank Miller on Daredevil, fill in, you fill in your blanks, some of your favorite comics, uh, New Titans, New Teen Titans. Perez. They all had 25 issues or more. Yeah. And that's where all these movie sources... No, no, it, it really know. is. Even uh, the, one of my favorite comic shows right now is Doom Patrol. I actually, Paul Kupperberg, uh, the second volume, did one through, like, I want to say 19, and then Grant Morrison, where most of the Doom Patrol's uh, stuff comes from in the show. Grant Morrison's run is, like, 20 through... I don't know, 50-something. But, like, it, it's good, solid, long runs because you got to tell a story. In you know, an arc is good, but, like, in four issues, are you really... How much of yeah. a, a real story are you telling? Like, Can you really develop, especially with teams, oh, can definitely. you really develop a character or establish a cast, you know, a context that the character interacts in? in four issues yeah maybe you can i mean there are exceptions but i'd say most of the time yeah in comics uh, like I, I guess if it's a one and like like if it's a mini series one four and done and then like you know you're popping off another four of like right like uh what was that uh really weird one from marvel uh, no not marvel sorry uh dc ragman had a bunch of minis. Mm -hmm. That makes more sense if you're doing just that. But if it's, yeah, if it's not ongoing, you should at least get 20 to 25, somewhere in there. A good I'm, story. Yeah, I'm quite behind schedule on my Spider-Man stuff, but I read one Spider-Man trade, and he's in the, this universe with eight other people. And then the next trade, he's a corporate, worldwide corporate executive. And I'm like, well, what's going on wow. here? Wow. <laughs> So, oh, and this man. is with the same writer, and I'm like, 
I'm kind of getting losing my bearings here, you know, as far as what's going on. Um, you know, actually, Marvel is kind of doing that a lot right now. Mm -hmm. uh, one of their favorite go-to writers right now is Donnie Cates. Yep. And the guy writes phenomenal. I love his Redneck is, uh, series through Image. Oh, yeah? It's really cool. I'll like, have to look for Good that. stuff. But, like, he gets on the stories. Well, right now, I wonder if he's still on Venom. I think he might have dropped that one. But, like, he gets on for, you know, a good... Gets the stories going where everybody's buying them. And then he slips out. And then he leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So he's like Marvel's poster boy, right, to, like, bolster sales. Yes. Like, he just got on uh, the Silver Surfer Black, and I, I love the character Silver Surfer. I'm not a huge fan of whoever's doing the art for it, and it threw me off. Uh, I think it was Mike Allred for a while. And uh, guys are phenomenal artists. I can't say I'm, like, complaining, but, like, it's just not my, what I want to see Silver Surfer looking like. Pause. Go ahead, man. No, uh, Dave Blackwell. Oh, not me. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll not sign it, though. Not He'll here, be here not soon. here yet. He'll be here later. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Okay. Uh, da, da, where was I? Oh, I you were talking about Donnie Cates. He, oh. Uh, he, oh, the artist on Silver Surfer. Oh, yeah. Takes uh, you out of it. Takes me out of it. But then I heard Donnie Cates was getting on doing the Silver Surfer Black, and I was like, I love his writing. And it's still the art is like weird, bubbly, and I'm like, but I'm like, the writing is good, and I'm there. But uh, I know it's he's gonna disappear once everybody gets this. He'll get like an arc or two in, and just gone. Namor, they're talking about him for a uh, Black Panther, too. Long overdue, Namor. Way first, the first good bad guy, bad good guy. What do you call him? Anti-heroes. Anti one of my favorite characters. Every time I got in a I, swimming pool when I was 10 really? years old and Name under, more. I was a submariner. See, I, I've never been one of the water people fans, um, yeah. except for Merman. I can do a little voice of him. It's good stuff. <laughs> but uh, you could ask a question real quick. Is there somebody here from Pittsburgh? This guy, I think, is from Pittsburgh, but he's not here yet. Wachter? Yes. <laughs> My okay. son's going to have fun editing this. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, I hope you're listening. <laughs> so, fuck it, I don't even remember that now. God damn it, this is the problem with my other hobby. Uh, like, the Silver Surfer guy. So like you're going to read You're going to read Silver Surfer because, because you like Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates. Because you like the way he uh, manhandles you. He gets he you does. interested. He does. He sucks you in. But then that's when I drop you. off the books, too. Like, oh, I'm you pretty drop off with him. Yeah, I, I'm right with him. I'm the, like, the... The writing today in some comics, it's tough. Like, I, I, can't, I, I can't write for crap, so I don't want to be too critical on people. But, like, it gets a lot very confusing, some of these storylines. And you have to follow 12 different books to get the storyline. You should read New Zodiacs by I Joe do Saint read New, Zo New Zodiacs. I wonder when that new issue is going to come out, because that would be really great, you know? Sell some of your stash or your comic book stash. So Make I can some money. front the Invest new... I can front the new buck. Be a partner. I could. And it, would ha it can happen. Then I could get Lion's next story. <laughs> yes, you can. I can't wait to do the Lion. Right. As a matter of fact, last night I couldn't sleep, and I put a, lion, a little Lion story nice. together. Look at you. Fucking awesome. See, so you could have made me a comic, 10-page mini-comic, and brought it here, and been like, here, Jeremy, I was thinking of you last <laughs> night while I was lying in bed. And stick figures yeah, in the dark. Yeah, that you probably make heads or tails of it. And then, then, All right, so from Valiant, we're going to get back on track here, Joe. Yes. We go from Valiant. Oh, and then I did 10 issues of a book called Secret Weapons, which I wrote and drew. You, who'd you do this for? It was called uh, Valiant Comics. Secret Weapons. Secret I Weapons. I, I cre co-created the team. It was kind of like a Justice League, Avengers kind well, of thing. Well, all right, flesh out the team for me. Who you got? Well, it started with just about everybody in the universe battling Master Dark and a whole bunch of zombies and stuff like that. We introduced uh, two new Harbingers. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, we introduced two Harbinger characters. Mm -hmm. One was named Livewire, and she was kind of a low-level magnetic character, and uh, Stronghold, who could absorb energy and grow from that. 
they were the mainstays, and they used to hang out with the Geomancer, who I ha yep. hated the Geomancer. That's a weird book. I have all those, too. Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't read it, but I like this. Hey, Steve McQueen! The bud. What's up, man? By the way, we're here at Terrificon, Mohegan Sun. <laughs> Steve McQueen is here. All right. Just walk by. So, you do this book, you get it all going. How many issues are you in on for this one? Uh, Secret Weapons? Yes. Uh, that was 10 issues. And then uh, I uh, moved over to Marvel and we did. Where was Valiant just like. Joe, we, we don't have a place for you anymore? Or are they saying, Joe, we got stuff for you, but you were like, Marvel reached out and was like... I think it was uh, the, more of the first one, Mutual. Oh, I, I like think, that one. I think, <laughs> I, think we're, uh, I think we're done here, yeah, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And like I said, since I was 10, nothing yeah. against anybody. Oh, no, Italian. no, no, no. Since I was 10, I was bent on one thing. Spider-Man. Wonderful, diamond-clear focus. I knew what I wanted, and nothing was going to stop me from doing it. So I moved up. A friend of mine uh, took me into the Marvel offices. Oops. Uh, he, uh, I had my portfolio with me. I got a job offer on the spot, Spider-Man 2099. I'm like, okay, it's not Spider-Man proper. It's... it's not Peter Parker, but it's close. <clears throat> so we did six issues of that, um, four issues of the regular title, two fill-ins. And while I was drawing that, I was like, okay, just got to refine that focus a little bit. <laughs> so I was drawing Miguel O'Hara as Peter Parker. I yep. was drawing the Spider-Man 2099 webbing, like McFarlane webbing, present day Spider-Man webbing. I was putting him in poses that were more suitable for present day Spider-Man. And that led to a job in the mainstream Spider-Man offices, where they gave me more number one issues of Spider-Man than anybody else. <laughs> Joe loves to start off those books. <laughs> I love to start. It was, they were all mini-series or one-shots yeah. or annuals. And A lot with the symbiotes, or symbi symbiotes, I guess we call them now. Planet of the Symbiotes or Symbiotes. I'm not Is sure it how symbi you say. How do we the say dictionary it? says symbiote. I, I actually did not know that I was saying Thanos. Thanos is Thanos. Thanos is name wrong. Okay. I've oh, always I, I've been him, saying it right. I've always been calling him Thanos, like a hard, hard A. Like, yeah, hard A. Yeah. And and like it's weird with all these comics coming to movies and stuff. You you find out oh I've been saying that wrong, my <laughs> for twenty years. Why hasn't anybody said anything to me before? Yeah. Like I talk to friends all the time. And I'm like Thanos, and they're like, this guy is retarded. <laughs> What's wrong thinking. with you? They're all thinking. <laughs> Uh, All right, so we're on miniseries. You're, you're living almost like, hey, the dream. Okay, this is great. Spider-Man Spider comics. Okay, I'm doing it. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I did it. Damn and it. And that led me back, kind of like to kind of call back to when I was a child, when I was a kid and a teenager, I was creating my own shit. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just getting a story fed to me yeah. and then passing it on to another person who inks it and then another person who letters it and it was these were characters that I created that I was invested in and that kind of writing bug that I had cultivated and encouraged at Valiant I had that writing bug so and I went over to Image and we did a creator own series at Image so that kind of led me into other things from there alright Joe so you start working on your own creator projects. After Image, what's next? How does Joe go on from there? You've done this four-issue series, right? Mm-hmm. What's next? This is a three-issue mini. Uh, what happens next? Uh, well, I got kind of got the call from the commercial art world and storyboard world. Uh, I also... I did manage to co-create a series at Valiant Acclaim mm -hmm. that was called Neo. It was kind of like a wry spin-off yeah. that kind of grew organically into its own thing. Um, and then uh, like a lot of storyboard artwork, a lot of commercial artwork to kind of pay the bills and stuff. And that wasn't rewarding enough, so then I started to come back and do my own, creator own stuff. That's when we did uh, Bold Blood. That was uh, 
around 2005 as a one-shot, like a graphic novella. And then it came kind of more stronger with New Zodiacs, which was about four years ago now. Now, during all this time be going between Marvel and Valiant and such, what was the atmosphere like? Like these guys always saying, hey, you're doing great, Joe. We're going to get you on this next thing. Or is it, you know, hey, Joe, how's it going? You know, just business. And, and are you in the offices at this time? Like, or has technology already advanced enough where you guys are just sending in work from home? Well, there were two very different atmospheres. Uh, one was kind of like a, an in the trenches kind of place. Like Valiant was like, they had offices where a lot of the office, the, a lot of the artists and inkers and colorists all worked together in one space. Uh, it was like a studio space, and people like Jim, Jim Shooter, and Bob Layton, and often Barry Windsor Smith. They were all kind of there in the same room, like available if you had questions or they would edit, you know, do their editing thing. You know, it was a very cool, creative atmosphere, and it made friends that I'm still in touch with to this day. It sounds like, like, especially because I know in today's age, a lot of people, you know, you'll have a writer that lives here and then the artist lives over in Texas and the the anchor or whatever. And I've always, though it's kind of great because you can collaborate with a lot of different people, I always found it better to be able to be in the same room with a lot of different creative minds because you feed off of each other. I, yeah, there was a lot of that. Or, uh, if nothing else, the enthusiasm. Yeah. We were all passion, passionate yeah, exactly. about making not, good stuff I mean, from the top down. From Barry is like, you know, Barry gets a lot of, I don't know if you know much about Barry Windsor Smith, but Barry, no. Barry has like a reputation for being kind of a hard ass or very uh, demanding person. But... Barry, my experience with Barry is that he was only interested in one thing, and that was making good comics. And so if if that came across as abrasive, that was only because he was criticizing your work. (laughs) And you you were were probably a little sensitive about it. Yeah, and defensive about it. It's understandable, but it's also you want to put out the best product possible. So like, like say, for instance, we did a cover for Rye. Uh, It was Rye issue five. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an This is an example of Barry. Rye issue five, which was, no, there was a lot. There was some of that. Not a lot, actually. Barry, I, I hold Barry responsible for making my career, actually. So, uh, but I'll give you an example of Barry. Uh, we did the cover for Rye 5, which is like a very popular thing with old school Valiant fans. There was a cover of Rye, who was kind of on his knees with open hands, and he had a, uh, his samurai sword kind of floating in front of him, his energy. So it was almost like a evocative seppuku kind of scene in space right so i do the i'm doing the preliminary drawings for the cover and barry comes over and he goes oh that's not very bloody good is it and he goes get some fucking reference man and so he got down on his knees in the pose and made me shoot reference so I have a photo to this day. I have a photo of Barry Windsor Smith in a pose that that I used for a classic. You know, I'm saying classic because of what how people oh, say it to me, not because I did it, but the people come to me and say, "This is a classic cover." I can't tell you how many times I recreated it for people. So I have a photo of Barry Windsor Smith, one of the gods of comics in the last 40 years in that pose gotcha. you know so uh, that's kind that's of that's kind of in a way he can now go around being like yeah, I'm the inspiration for that <laughs> he, well yeah right <laughs> like like he, he doesn't have a career otherwise right <laughs> yeah not so I mean that's that's an example of what Barry was about that's for me that's cool though like I actually react well better with people that are like that uh because I need to know when I'm not doing something right. It, was, it wasn't about, I'm your boss, you do what I say, I'm gonna mount you now. It wasn't anything political. It was, I wanna see a good picture yeah. of this character in this pose, and I will help you get there. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a, great. That's 100% different than 
I'm your boss. Even though, even though he was my boss, you know, and could have fired me at any time he wanted to. Okay, so compare that to Marvel Comics, which is more what you were talking about. The anchor was, I don't know, Long Island. I never met the writer, maybe once. See, I never, I never, I don't, don't know who the colorist is at this point. The editor is kind of handling all of that kind of stuff. The editor is more. Internet wasn't great. I don't even know if internet was available. So. <laughs> there probably wasn't um, any internet. When so I like when the you're industry. unable to like when when a script gets handed to you and you know you're something. How do you like contact the writer and be like, hey, what are you trying to convey here? Like, what exactly is it that you're looking for? I want to make sure that I'm putting your idea on this page. I have done that. That's that's that does have, especially when you can't be right next to each other, because like the guy can even if he can't draw, he can do a stick figure for you and be like, this is what I'm kind of looking for. The guy like. You know, over You're here in the, the office, you yeah. have that instant back and forth. Absolutely, yes. and yeah, it's not like oh, I if I even if you can get him on the phone, like it's if you can talk to him within the next week, mm-hmm. like and you guys got deadlines and stuff, yeah, so like exactly. If I can't get a hold of him, well, he's getting what I give him, so that that's about it. That's I can't say it any better than that. That's exactly right. So if you're not. There's a difference between one example and the other and I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong I'll say (laughs) you can produce great comics either way as a creative person I I feel that around more creative persons other persons you tend to inspire each other drive each other and stuff like that it works better I kind of go in that direction too and a lot of that is because I kind of see a comic book as a or a comic book team as a band. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's like no, you've got really the sing- like the lead singer, you've got the lead guitarist, you got a bassist, you got a keyboard guy, you got a drummer, and you're all playing on the stage. And in our case, the stage is a single issue comic book. Absolutely. And if you guys are all working together well, holy and crap, this is a great comic book. And then all of a sudden you come to one of these cons like here at Terrificon in Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. And you have lines wrapped around the table because you have three, all three guys sitting there, and they all know each other. You can see the back and forth between them and stuff. Like it makes for a, a all-around better, better uh, experience. For everybody. I, I can go there with you very easily. Yes, I t- couldn't agree more. All right, Joe. So now we're jumping over to New Zodiacs. <laughs> How does one decide? How do you, how do you even go about the publishing process? Like, I, I'm sure you uh, like have a little bit of knowledge because you're out there in these, but they're not telling you, hey, this is where you got to go to get your books done. This is how much it's going to cost you to do a small print run. This is this. How, how does how does Joe figure all this stuff out? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a lot of trial and error. I have a lot of friends who are kind of in the industry who kind of do it themselves. So you pick their brains a little bit. You find your way. You try people out. There were two different printers on the new Zodiacs books because I didn't like the first printer, so I tried a different one. I found a decent printer who I could work with. Uh, so I would I gave them the first trade, which wasn't printed as well as I wanted it to. So they get the second printing just to try them out. It's a lot of trial and error. Uh, Bold Blood had a different printer than New Zodiac. So it's a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of, you know, I have a vision of how I want things to kind of come out. And if we, if we can work together with the printer, great. And if not, that's fine too. We just keep moving. Now, do they come to you with a, a selection of paper that you want to have it done on? Yeah. How, how do you figure out? I, mean, I know price comes into play a lot, but like, I, I kind of miss the old newsprint. Like, I like that Alternate Comics is now going around with that newsprint stuff. The glossy stuff, don't get me wrong, it looks really nice. It's very pretty. Uh, you can't take Silly Putty and put it on it and take the print off. And like, look, I got Spider-Man. Days, yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, it, it, there's something nostalgic about the old newsprint. Um, sure. 
are you offered newsprint? Do they even still carry that at a lot of publishers? Well, there's two things going on. One is the modern coloring nowadays is so subtle yeah. that the quality of newsprint paper just is, the quality of newsprint paper is more absorbent. Yeah. And so the, rather than the colors, you've got a yellow and a yellow-orange and a yellow-orange-orange and a yellow-orange-red sitting next to each other. They, on a slicker paper, they will sit on the paper. Whereas in newsprint, the, all of those colors will just kind of soak together. They won't be as clear. Yeah, so you get a muddier effect. The, that's, I'm not saying that I, I'm going. I'm going to change my strain of thought. No, that's why the quality. That's of why a your newsprint comics yeah. had 60 colors. Yeah, yeah. Because those are the ones that printed accurately most often. That's why you didn't see a color grade that was pretty crazy very yeah, no, often. No, no, because they always the quality, more difficult yeah. to be reproduced. I mean, you definitely can tell the difference in quality of art from then to now. Like, it, not art, that's not the right word. The quality of the product is, like, the colors now pop off the pages. Like, you get stuff, even covers now. I love it. I have to say a lot of the DC's doing a lot of the um, uh, maxi series now and stuff like that in the, the large magazine size. I love that stuff. I, I love the hard covers on them. I, I find that stuff to be really cool. Yeah. It, it feels good when you're reading it. The second thing about newsprint is my research is not much less expensive. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because, no I didn't know that. Because so many people print magazines with the slicker paper, the tighter paper, it's the costs so are not available. so yeah. different. So I don't no, know that if, makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if Alternative's experience is different, but that's my experience. Yeah, I know they are going through something with the, the they're publishing right now, but I think they've got it all figured out. I don't know the exact details. Alright, so we're now deciding to create Zodiacs. Do you sit down by yourself for these years and like storyboard for yourself, brainstorm and all that? Like, Yeah, well, um, like I said, it all goes back to me as a kid just like sitting at a table and just creating my own stuff. I mean, that didn't stop just because I was working at MTV or at Marvel or New York Times. You just drop MTV. Yes, I did. Look at that. So, <laughs> Were they playing uh, music videos? <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was something that was always happening. You know, I have sketchbooks, I've got idea books. I've always been creating stuff. So New Zodiacs is my kind of like faucet at one, you know, one out of ten. It's like, I gotta let some of this stuff out because it's just sitting in sketchbooks and it's pounding on the inside of my head. It's like, you better do something with me or so the, it's gonna the, explode. They've already been, like, Cricket and all them, where they were already created before you even started to do this. The new Zodiac concept goes back to me as a 10-year-old, 10, 10 or 12-year-old Really? Kid. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Uh, Cricket is probably about about mid-90s when uh, her idea. Uh, the Liberator character comes from uh, the later 90s. He, yep. A version, a prototype of the Liberator is in megahertz, the image comic book. So if you find that, you'll see a version of the Liberator. Uh, so he's 20 some years old. Uh, Leo is a little bit more recent. Yeah, Leo's a little more recent, but he's a kind of a part of a couple of other gems that I had from the 80s. Uh, Malta is uh, one of the centuries of Last City. The Last City idea comes from something that I always wanted to do when I watched the Herculoids in the 70s. That's pretty So these are things that are like floating around in this kind of fog. The Josephine. This kind of planetary yeah. morass, and some of them come together into planets, and, and you some of them gonna don't. And you going to do a team thing? Or, well, well the I don't Zodiac. know if it's a team exactly, but uh, yeah, not yet. But. It's a universe yeah, of characters. Yeah. I can go there. Uh, and it's a, 
it is um, my solution to a low budget. If it was up to me, I'd be doing 12 books a month. And I'd be, I'd be following the Silver Age Marvel model, which was they put out 13 comic books a month. They're, most of them were single characters who had their own histories, and then some of them were groups. And so I was gonna, I'm gonna do one for one book for each member of the Zodiac, and then maybe there would be a group kind of yeah, and they run comic into book. each other. And so I don't stuff. have that kind of cash at hand. So damn right, it, Joe. Let's roll I'm this you, out. If my other I, hobby ever gets there. Let's roll this out when I can and see how it goes. We sold out of the first print of the trade. The first issue of the of the four single issues. First issue sold out through Diamond, which everybody can get at astronautinc.com. I do still have single issues available, but the first printing sold out, and we did a Kickstarter. I've got the second printing, and not too many of those left. I think I have maybe two cases of second printing left. So I'm probably going to have to go to print. Mind for you, he only did three cases. No, I'm gonna, right, I only did two cases. <laughs> They're almost gone. That's the no, best way to be like, we're almost sold out. I have a lot of empty boxes <laughs> in my storage unit. That's great, man. But, uh, so we probably have to go to a third printing before a second volume. I'm not yeah. sure yet. Well, I'm not sure how to play that yet. Kickstarter-wise. Uh, you're definitely doing the Kickstarter. I enjoy the Kickstarter route, but it is lopsided. Very kind of weird. Like, I see... If you have a name, you can kickstart something ridiculously easy and quick. It doesn't matter the idea. I've seen a lot of good ideas go up there, and like it's it's a struggle. And you're just like, man, that this. I know it's the nature of the beast, but like, how do you deal with something like that? As a Kickstarter customer myself, I like it when I pay, I buy something, and I actually receive. The product yeah. that yeah, I that's, that's that's always nice. So my experience <laughs> with the way people on Kickstarter handle me is that my projects are successful when the project is done. Yeah. And I treat the Kickstarter like a essentially like a pre-order kind of uh, yeah. mechanism. And so people who who are part of the pre-order process. Uh, they get in on some of the bonus stuff, and as opposed to people who buy it at the comic shops, because the, the books are available in comic stores too. So use the Kickstarter not as just, hey, send me some money, but as a pre-order mechanism. The book is done, all I gotta do is have it printed. And I, I got successful that way with my Kickstarters. That's about right. it. And now uh, I have like a little sidetrack. Hopefully, I was hoping that my sidetrack would help fund something like New Zodiacs, which is very independent. And that's so where we're going into next with that's where the, the Great Cousteau White Project. Shark Adventure. Right. Uh, so I'm co-created a property with Fabian Cousteau, who's the grandson of the world famous Jacques. I can't do a French accent very well, but no. and so we're doing a series of four books. The first one is out. It has the, it's called the Great White Shark Adventure. I get my daily uh, facts on sharks every day. I'm loving it. Shark tidbits. Three rows of. Did you know sharks' teeth never stop growing? In great white shark teeth never stop growing. You learned in that from me. Yes, I did. Oh, that's uh, three so rows of cool. teeth. Uh, so like, cool. I, 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 I actually really dug that one. Um, you, there was a bunch of different sharks in the, it was like a montage of sharks in the, the drawing. And there was this one that, I guess it's like a whale shark or something like that. I was like, that's pretty cool stuff. That was cool. I, I'm big into weird documentaries, so. All right, so how did you get into this? Give me one second. How did so, Fabian uh, find you? Uh, he uh, has a writer friend named James who uh, found me, I think, online through my agent. And uh, we've been so this project James is, lives in Texas, and you yeah, live James in, is in uh, on the West Coast, I think. Oh, okay. And, and, Fabian is a world traveler. Well, yes, Depends yes. on what day it is, where he is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we all kind of collaborated on, on this book series. 
I'm finishing the second one now. They go to the Arctic and try to find a Dumbo octopus, which is a real... That's real, huh? It's a real creature. It has ears? Yeah, it's very okay. large ears that it uses to kind no of propel kidding. itself. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's very cool. Okay. See, I love uh, ocean doc. I watched these when my kids were little, dude. You sit a kid in front of a, an animal documentary, they are in awe for hours. And of course, I'm sitting there all high and I'm like, oh, this is great. It's one of the cool things about it is that I get to learn myself about this, you know, these shark tidbits. I'm like, I didn't know that. Yeah. We, I didn't know that we kill six million sharks Dude, a year. for real. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a big business. But oh my sort. God, they're man eaters and and only six humans are killed yeah, a year, a year. Get my, uh, you know you can <laughs> you can get struck by lightning more often than yeah. you would get bitten by a shark so sharks don't even like humans they avoid humans and unless no, yeah, you look absolutely. like a big blubbery they're like seal. any other animal they don't want to be near us but sharks are not interested in human beings no i'm actually trying to work on my daughter right now because she is so fearful of spiders any kind of spider she sees she's like kill it dad i'm like no because those things are a great part of our eco ecology going around they help us around here i'm like i'll take it outside and stuff but you got to get calm these things are they're more afraid of you than you you're 10 times its size don't kill it. They want to make webs. Yeah, they, they want to hang to, out. They want they to make want to more spiders. They yeah. want to eat. And that's it. They don't that's want it. you climbing on their ass. They, they, the, the MFers in my garden, though, they what they do to my pot plants, they fold the leaf. Like, each leaf has, like, five or different leaves on it. They fold the leaves in half to make themselves a little home. I have to go out each morning and clear out the Oh, my God. Like, you bastards. But I don't kill them or anything. I, I kill the other ones. I eat the leaves. I'm like, girl, let's crush you. But... I sit out there, I watch the, the, uh, what are they, the ladybugs eat other bugs and stuff. Yeah. I love watching, yeah, I love watching, it's amazing to watch them, like, hunt around. They, they are thorough, too, on a leaf. They go up and down in these lines and, like, dude, it's crazy stuff, man. Like, I, I sit out in my garden for hours a day. Like, I love just looking at it, watch it. pretty awesome. It is, it is. I, I'm very privileged to get that opportunity. All right, so Fabian calls you up. You're you're working with uh, what's the writer's name again? I'm James, sorry, James. James you guys get together. You're bouncing ideas off. It comes into a four book series. How are each book uh, being? Is it each book is condensed to one sharks, ones about other sea creatures, or? Yeah, they're gonna kind of explore the world so we the first volume is the great white shark the second volume is uh the arctic where they try to find a um, a dumbo octopus the third volume is they go to the amazon jungle and they're looking for a species of piranha a rare issue uh, a rare species that even cool. like i've watched those and piranha it's another thing they don't you know just walk swim in the water and get eaten no alive it's not like on uh, that bruce leroy movie where you sit yeah. <laughs> or the james bond yeah. scene where they dump they dumps the guy in yeah. Uh, and the fourth one is, I think it's the Serengeti. Uh, they go to the desert in the Serengeti place. Um, I'd love to do another shark book, though, because uh, there are like 460 species of shark. And I'd love to do one just about, you know, like the Legion of Superheroes of Sharks. We do every, just go hunting down every different species, hammerheads and uh, One of my favorite genre of comics and stuff is animals that are like humans, where like they talk, they have societies. No, we won't do that in this But like, I, I understand it'd be a little bit difficult with sharks. I mean, they don't have legs and stuff, you're walking around. But like, I love that kind of stuff, even if they just have thought bubbles coming out and like what the frackadackle is Tom doing over there I'm not going to do anything like that <laughs> my point was is that there are oh, you no, have I, that many species of absolutely. anything 
how cool is it to veer away from okay, the great white shark is like Superboy. Well, that's the only the most one popular knows, one, yeah. right? So introduce people to you know, hammerhead, the exactly. tiger sharks, whale sharks, uh, Greenland sharks. See, I do watch these things. <laughs> I, I love goblin these. sharks. You just see a goblin no, shark. No, I did not know that. Look one. up go Google go goblin sharks right now. I'd never seen anything like it in my life. Goblin shark. That's an yes. interesting one. It's All right, bizarre. Joe. It is starting to get busy in here. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So what I do at the end of every podcast with everybody is I have a person just give me their final thought. It can be about their comic book or whatever they're bootlegging today. It can be about politics. It can be about anything that's in their heart right now. Joe St. Pierre, what is going on? Yeah, I would say like pick up uh, the, the great white shark adventure. I think it's great for all ages. I think it's uh, educational and entertaining at the same time. And I busted my hump, man, so go look at the cool pictures. And that's the Loose Cannon Show with Joe St. Pierre. Check out all the links on the page. Go buy the great white shark adventure. Check out the new Zodiac. Go yeah, back and go check to out Astronaut Inc. Oh, AstronautInc.com for the uh, new Zodiac. New Zodiacs, Astronaut. All these links are going to be on the page too, so oh, everybody sweet. can like grab it. And thanks Where's to great? everybody who supported the new Zodiacs. I'm not done with it. It's still oh, going to happen. We're doing more. You so already had your final thought, Joe. He's a loose cannon. He My can't final stop. thought is I need more final <laughs> thoughts. And that's it for this episode. Thanks, bud. Cannon!